Welcome to the Beauty, Brains, and Barbells podcast, the show that talks all things female resistance training to help women feel beautiful, confident, and strong in and out of the gym. Now for your hosts, Jordan and Gretchen. We're burning up over here. Burning up for you, baby. Calling a little Jonas Brothers in here. Uh, Today we are here to talk about the stages of burnout. We recently entered a deload phase. We've been very public about loving our deload phase. And I think part of that is because we do start to enter up into these higher stages of burnout. And we wanted to not just talk about why it's important to go through a deload, but to talk about burnout, because I think, I think more of us get burned out than what we give ourselves credit for. I think it's, yeah, we definitely get burned out more than what we give ourselves credit for. And I think it's, easy to not realize what's going on if you don't know what burnout is or what the stages are. You and I are pretty in tune with our bodies and like our stress levels and what we can handle and um, knowing if it's just like a little bit of excess stress from like our everyday lives or from the workout, we can push through it. Or if it's truly to the point where we're like, hey, we need, we're going to get burned out pretty quickly. So we need to deload something. Yeah. I, we were just talking about this before we hit record, but we, we entered this deload because we needed more time. Physically, we were ready for a deload, but it wasn't just like we woke up one day and we're more sore. It was because we've been so busy throughout the summer between the two of us. I mean, our lives, everyone, I was left. We don't have jobs that where we get summer vacation or like, Everybody looks for summer vacation though, and thinking that it's going to be easier, lighter, they're going to have more time. But the reality is I'm busier in the summer. I legitimately don't have an open weekend until the end of September right now. I'm packed on top of we're short staffed. So I'm, I'm working way more than what I typically am. So in not having enough time, my body started to physically feel it. So then again, you know, I start to feel those things physically as well as I'm entering the busiest month or two of my year and I just needed more time. And that's why I needed a deload. Yeah. I know like for us, our, my husband's end of our work is super busy in the winter time. Trucks break in the cold. That's his busiest. It's not my busiest. It's the opposite. Because they're not running ragged in the summertime. That's when my end gets caught up. So then when they're super busy and things kind of fall aside in the wintertime, like I pick it up in the summertime. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah. And it's, and I love when people are like, oh, well, you own a business and you can make your own schedule. And in theory, yep, sure can. But also all of that work falls on us because we do own it. So, um. Yeah. I mean, physically we needed a deload mentally. We needed a deload for our life. We needed the deload and we, I mean, it just works that we both, you know, need it together. Yeah. I mean, I think we feed off of each other really well Mm -hmm. and me saying, I think I'm ready for a deload. You were also like, Oh, I'm totally ready for a deload. So. Well, and we can tell in each other, like during our, during our workouts, I can tell when you're like, not, not feeling it, just 
getting through the workout to get through the workout. And we're both just like, we should probably take this down a bit. Help me through. (laughs) Um, So we wanted to go through the stages of burnout because one in, in reviewing this, and I I took this from a a couple other places, kind of compiled some information of how people put together the stages of burnout and everyone hears the word burnout or that they're stressed out, whatnot. And they think it's a bad thing. And like stages of burnout, there are good stages. I know that sounds weird, but stage number one is a honeymoon phase. And it's, it's a super positive thing. You're experiencing stress, but you're able to tolerate it. I think of it like you're new to exercise. You can do a body weight squat. Like you're able to tolerate that. Your body's like, absolutely, I can do this. Now, if it's your first day of exercise and you throw 300 pounds on a bar and put it on your back, well, that's overdoing it. But your body is able to positively handle this stress right now. So stage one is positive. Uh, You're challenging yourself with new things. You're more productive. You're growing. You're advancing. You're developing. I think I look at when I started taking the bulk of our coaching sessions again, instantly I'm like, oh my gosh, this is great. Like I get to, I get to see my clients. I genuinely miss my clients when I'm not coaching them. I, that's the reason why I keep an in-person portion of our business going because I love being with my people. I love training them. So I look at it as this super exciting thing of, yeah, I'm stressed. I have, I have I'm working more. I have less free time. But like, I love it. This is my my way to connect with them and work with them. Yeah. I know a lot of people, when they start a journey, they think because they're like, let's say you're, like you said, you're doing, you're new to exercise and you get a little sore and you get people who aren't used to this will think that because of that little bit of soreness, they're going to burn out right away. And it's important to remember that that's you growing that is positive and you can push through that little bit of uncomfortability. Yeah. I think it's, we have to experience this. I mm-hmm. think this is something that if you, if you're not happy in your current situation, you need to experience in order to start to, to grow. Right. And one of the biggest things is it leads to productivity, growth, and advancement. If you aren't happy in your current situation, you need to find productivity. You need to grow and you need to advance those things change your current circumstance. So that's, that's a huge piece of, of stage one. I think it's funny. It's called the honeymoon phase. That's clearly where they got the honeymoon phase of relationships as well. hundred percent. It's a little bit of stress, but you can tolerate it. <laughs> you can tolerate the annoying things that they do. Sometimes. And so you can that's... tell we're not, we're not in the burnout stage anymore. No. Um, Stage two onset of stress. So you experience more stressors day to day. In your um, it's it's I think of it. It's like a it's a, it's like you're being poked in the arm. Okay, that first poke. Let's say Gretchen pokes me. That first poke, fine, but then she continues to poke me. Like every five minutes, she pokes me, and it starts to get a little bit more annoying. Like I'm less. I think it's not so funny when she pokes me. So you're less energetic about taking on different tasks. It starts to take a toll on you physically. I might start to see a red mark on my arm. 
This is something when you're doing this, you might enjoy what you're doing, but you start to see the challenges rather than the rewards. In in my life example, and for my clients who listen to this, this is not at all me saying I'm burned out in coaching or that I'm I'm frustrated in the scenario. I love seeing you guys. You guys are awesome. (laughs) Right. But now I'm at that stage where I am doing a lot of the work. And now I'm starting to see the challenges of coaching all of these sessions. When I first took on all the sessions again, I'm like, this is, this is awesome. I, I love this. Part of me is like, why did I stop coaching all the sessions in the first place? Now I'm back to that stage of, yeah, this is why I need coaches around me. This is why I need other people to assist me and to take some of these things off of my plate because I'm seeing the challenges more than the rewards. Well, and at the beginning, you get what you missed. You get the interaction with your clients. So you're like on this high, like you said, you're in the honeymoon phase. You get to see everybody, talk to everybody, and then you slowly start to be brought back to reality of why you needed to unload some of that stress onto somebody else. Yes. It's again, I think this is, I look at this this stage as a positive as well in that you get to, you kind of, this is where you learn your limits. You start to realize what's starting to be a little bit too much and maybe what's, what's just fine, what you can tolerate at this point. But I think when we move into stage three, that's where I, I think we start to it's called stage three is called chronic stress. I look at this. This is you, you lose sight of what, what feels good. Stress is there all the time. Gretchen's constantly poking me in the arm. It doesn't feel good anymore. My arm might be numb. I don't really, you know, I know that she's doing it. It's annoying me. It's leaving a welt and a bruise on my arm, but it's just there. Like we, we start to accept the stress. I think at this stage that this is the way it's supposed to be. My arm is supposed to hurt because Gretchen is always poking me. She never stops poking me. I just have become accustomed to this of like, this is the way life is supposed to be. And even though I don't like it, what, like, what can I do about it? And now too, we have it. You feel like you don't do enough. And this is exactly what happens to me when I get to this point, there's so much going on. I know that I am doing a lot, like in the back of my mind, I know logically that I like, I'm doing so much. I'm just overworked, but I will go to my husband and be like, I'm just not doing enough. I'm not good enough. I need to be a better person. I basically need to be flipping wonder woman because I got to do it all. And he looks at me and he's like, I don't, you physically can't do anymore unless you don't sleep. And that's, that to me is my cue to be like, all right, we need to unload some stress because you're starting to always be stressed out, always be a little anxious and feel like you are not doing enough when you are doing more than enough. Yeah. Uh, the last is you, you enjoy life a little less and you start to withdraw, withdraw into yourself. I would say in this, you start to stop doing some of the things that you enjoy doing. And I think it's hard to see that, right? You feel like you're not doing enough. So you try to do more and you argue that you're just too busy or that you don't have time. And I, I am a hundred percent accepting of, I live a higher stress life than most people. Mm-hmm. And that was one thing that I, my goodness, I have talked to a therapist about it. I've talked to coaches about it. I need to accept that my life is higher stress. I, I am running my own business with my husband. So 
our entire livelihood depends on what we do here. And that's more stressful than most. Yes. Could somebody wake up one day and fire you? Absolutely. But right. It's, there's a little bit more that goes on and happens in, in, in those types of situations. Right. We like, we're bought into this business. So we have, like, we are financially stuck in this. Um, so it's, it's tough. Like you start to enjoy things a little less and say you're too busy for things. And that's true. And for myself, people are like, you're just too busy. Are you burning out? And it's like, no, I'm not burning out. I just, this is the stage of life that we're in. Um, but I see people that are giving up on the things that they want to do. They don't maybe work out as much. That's a big one. You know, they're, they're too busy. So they give up working out or they like to cook and they don't want to cook anymore. They like to play golf. They like to hang out with friends, do this, this, that, and the other thing with friends. And they start to pull away from these things and they start to kind of be just amongst themselves so that they can pile more work in, do more things and crank everything out. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's like a really hard place to be at too, to start questioning yourself on everything. Yeah. One one note I would say with this is I think that a lot of people have to do a better job of accepting where they're at stress-wise. Like what is the, what is the bare minimum? I don't think anyone truly has a life totally absent of stress all the time. No. And if you do, please let me know how that happens. Well, yeah. Like what profession, what relationship advice do you have? All of it. Because, you know, I look at somebody who maybe their company has signed an agreement that they will never fire them, right? Like their job is locked in for life. They got a great salary benefits, all of it. Awesome. They may have maybe, maybe a kid who has cancer and they, you know, they, they have higher stress because they have family, family stressors going on. You have to accept what your baseline is. My baseline is probably a little bit higher than other people simply because of, because of the work that we do. But also because of that, because of the work that we do and that we're together all the time, pros and cons. We also get to kind of like our relationship is probably, I don't want to say stronger. I don't ever want to put anyone's relationship down. It's different. We have a lot more like honest conversations about things. I, my husband is with me all the time, so I don't have to worry about him. Um, (laughs) gotta make sure he does his chores though. There's that. Um, but you, you know, like we probably have less relationship, actual stress than, than other couples. Um, so there's, there's always those things like accept your baseline for stress and don't think that you're always going to feel good. Don't think that you're never going to have stress. Everybody has a baseline of stress. It's different. Stage four burnout. Life sucks. Life sucks. You don't feel yourself. Um, you're unsure what to do. This is when people like start the spiral. Mm-hmm. Um, you feel numb, alone, apathetic. You can't perform the way you want to. What? I just want to make jokes. You no longer find joy and meaning in things you once did. And you start to have mental breakdowns throughout the day. You have mood swings. Um, it's like a total teeter-totter. This is when you hear people make jokes about 
you know, being bipolar of like one minute, they're in a good mood and one moment they're one minute. They're not, mm-hmm. I mean, bipolar is a very serious condition requires a lot of diagnosis and work proper medication. A lot of people who are feeling this way, making these jokes, it's more just a state that they're just a little bit burned out. They're a little bit exhausted. They're worn down. And yes, like they wake up feeling great, but it's, it takes one little thing to set their morning off. I think I'm tired here today. I am, I'm the first one to admit that I'm, I am tired here today. Uh, busy season softball wise for me. We are, we were on our way into the building today, park my car. I got both the dogs and we're on our way in and I'm tied up by the both of them. And I dropped my, I dropped my salad. Usually is that irritating? Like, do I ever love the fact that I'm tied up by my dogs and drop my salad? No, it's in a closed container. So don't worry. I didn't lose it. But like, it's irritating. Like, I don't want the container to break. I don't want it. Like, I don't want it to spill. So I'm like, I was more annoyed and crabby by that than a normal day. Well, it's because I'm tired. I'm a little burned out from the last couple of days. Mm-hmm. So I said a bad word and the dogs put their ears back and they were like, I'm sorry, mom. Mom's mad. Yeah. But then they gave me kisses and it was all better. Again, there's, there's the teeter totter back up again. <laughs> You're like, it's okay. I still love you. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, this one is not fun. I know like what, six, four, five, six months ago when I came in and I was like, I can't do it anymore. I think this is when I was in that stage, everything was terrible. I couldn't figure it out. I didn't want to work out and do what we were doing. Um, thankfully you were like, you're fine. (laughs) I think I just let you like talk it through. I know. Um, and sometimes that's what you need to do, but it's a really crappy place to be in. And I would say, find somebody and talk it through. Find a book. Unload, find a Jordan and unload all of your, your issues. Just don't cry. Don't cry. Don't cry to Jordan. She doesn't like physical tears. Yeah. I deal with them on a daily. (laughs) That's why I don't like them. Probably. Probably. Um, So after burnout is habitual burnout. This is like full-blown depression. This is where you break down regularly. You feel like you can't get it together. Your sleep is totally messed up. Appetite is gone. You feel like you need a total life change. Honestly, this is where suicidal thoughts might come in. This is like you are at the end of your wits. This is is the end. Um, I will say there are some people out there who automatically think that they're in a situation because someone says it just because you haven't slept good in a couple of nights does not mean that you're in a habitual burnout. So don't like jump to conclusions there. And and I would say for those that suffer from depression, it doesn't always necessarily mean that you're burnt out either. Correct. You could actually have just depression. So Yeah. yeah, this is like, you know, this is, you go to work every day, you work long hours, you're just tired of it. Like you don't love your job. You're not in love with it anymore. I think of a lot, a lot of teachers in the last couple of years that that was a profession very hit by the pandemic. And it's something that a lot of teachers have stepped away from the profession because they really felt 
habitually burnt out by this. It's a yeah. hard position as is to be a teacher of other people's children all day, but then to come in and have all of these changes, I think was just the breaking point for a lot of these people. Right. I do not envy them at all. So let's talk about how to prevent burnout a little bit. Yes. I think the first is you have to recognize the signs of burnout. So you have to get in better connection with what these five stages are. So it's a good thing we laid them out for you. Yeah. Hit rewind. Listen to it again. These are the signs. Figure out where you're at. Um, it is also like a se- it, there's seasons, right? Too. Yeah. So you're not always going to be in the honeymoon phase. You're not always going to be in this phase. So don't think that if you're like check in with yourselves every once in a while and see where you're at. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think you also, you also really need a support network to help you when you need help, to help you pull back when you need to pull back, to provide guidance, reflection, and, and sometimes that honesty of sometimes you're, you're stressing over nothing. Um, sometimes it's great for somebody to say, Hey, I think you need to step away from that. It's, you have to have a support network around you because again, you think back of to step stage three, that chronic stress stage where you start to withdraw into yourself. These are the people who are going to notice those things and they're going to start to provide that guidance for you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for being my support network, Jordan. Anytime. Um, like you said, pull back when necessary. We were pulling back on super heavy lifting. We told our coach, we need a deload. It may have been four weeks late. Okay. But we got one. Yes. We reminded him for those four weeks that we will be needing a deload. Um, Enchanted. Focus in the gym. <laughs> Enchanted in the gym. Everybody in the gym knew that we were going to get a deload. Uh, focus on creating healthier habits that help you manage your stress and feelings of overwhelm. Um, this is a huge one. Like I know when I'm coming out of a super big burnout, that's when I go, how can I make sure that I can handle these stresses better next time? Cause it's, I mean, you, it's going to happen. Everybody's going to get burnt out. So it's not like you go through one and you're never going to do it again. So for me, that's the best time to be like, this is what would have helped during this. Let's set that into place. So when it does happen, it's not as hard or it's easier to come out of it's, I have a better way of coping with these feelings and issues. Yeah. And then the last one, create boundaries and say, no, still working on on my boundaries. Honestly, I I will say I've gotten a lot better at my boundaries. Yeah. I've gotten a lot better at saying no, but I can still get better. I have a terrible, I like, I'm terrible at saying no. I'm such a people pleaser. And then it it's to my detriment for sure. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it, I think it's to all of our detriment. I think that's why a big reason why we get burnt out because our job on a daily basis, we signed up for it because we liked it and mm-hmm. we didn't hate it all the time, but usually we get burnt out. Not, not necessarily because of the workload, because we can't say no to other things because the rest of our life gets a little stressful with it. Maybe we should do an episode. We should research proper ways to say no without just being like, no, without being a jerk. 
Yeah, because I always feel like I have to come up with an excuse of why I can't do something. And then it's just like a full-blown fib. I like it. I like it. Right? I think it's a good idea. We'll make that an episode. Okay. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Beauty, Brains, and Barbells podcast. If you liked what you heard today, go ahead and give us a like, a share on Instagram. Let us know what more you want to hear from us so that we can truly make this the podcast that females go to to improve their resistance training experience.